Hey, it's Shastin Rains, and welcome to Crosswalk Church. You're listening to Today's Presence, a podcast in which Pastor Tim hosts conversations about culture, daily life, and what the scriptures have to say. We desire to bring you encouragement and hope during this time. So once you finish this podcast, make sure to visit crosswalkvillage.com to find more information about our church and additional resources from our pastoral team. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim and Sam. Sam and Tim. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Tim. Oh, Welcome back so to you. Oh, thanks. I've never we left. A- I was here. <laughs> You've been in your room for 19 weeks now. <laughs> um, um, yeah, we took a little trip uh, up to the Pacific Northwest because we needed to do some stuff, get Hannah's stuff out of her dorm room and that sort of thing. Uh, it was good. It was 3,500 miles. Um, yeah, when you said little just now, I thought little, I don't, I don't know. It was longer. It was long, but it was fun. We had a good time. It was good to be with the family. You know, when your daughter gets to college or when your child gets to college, you don't know if you're going to be able to hang out again very often. So, mm. so it was good. Highlights She's, of the trip. Highlights. Highlights of the trip. I want to live on the Oregon coast. Mm. I don't know why I live in um, the Inland Empire, which is a, a much a much too grandiose name for where we live. Um, you know, listen. When I first moved to the Inland Empire, that I I was excited. I'm going to live in an empire because you clearly. And then, did. I, then I took a look at it. It's more of a more of a backwater county. Yeah, it's it's always shocking to drive from the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, Oregon coast to, you know, a day later be driving on the 10 through, um, you know, through the LA County basin to come in, into the Inland Empire. It's always shocking. Yeah. Well, now we've completely rubbished the name, the good name of the place where we live. And, and I grew up here. I grew up here. So let's say, let's say one nice thing about, thing about it. By the way, I live where you grew up. I live literally like a block away from the house that you grew up in. You know, last night when we came over to your house, not that this is timestamp. Are we revealing things like that here? Well, you know, we all wore masks. We were very yeah. careful. But I drove by I drove by the house I grew up in and like the boys were in the back and I was like, boys, this is the house I grew up in. And um, and this was the response. Do you want to hear it? It's yeah. brilliant. Huh. <laughs> that's that's all I got. And and it may so have been funny. a mistake. It may have been something that my 13-year-old was saying to the, his buddy that he was playing a video game with at the that time. I have no idea. That is hurtful. <clears throat> but they did one not nice care. Thing, one nice thing about where you grew up. And then I'll say one um, nice thing about where I've lived for the last 21 years. Um, I've always said this. The Inland Empire is not a horrible place to grow up. It's a horrible place to visit. <laughs> like it's not a destination. I said, say one nice thing. This is I was nice. and But no, people would come here to visit us and they'd be like, why do you live here? And it's like, oh, you can't come and visit. It's not horrible to live. I feel like, I feel like you know, with traffic and all this, it's, it's gotten worse. It's harder to go places. And right now, certainly during COVID, it, it's fine. It's you fine. Are, There's, a a very, There's a good church here. There's a good church here. There's I like the church I go okay, to. Okay, well, I'll do it. I'll do way better than you. This is okay. the... The um, some people call it a um, a foodie gastronomic desert, a wilderness. Yes. But in fact, that is only because they don't know tacos. Oh. Uh, I believe the Inland Empire is an undiscovered gem, a wonderland of of corner taco stands that 
you don't even know. It's also, it's so good, in fact, that I've been inspired, not making my own tacos at home. You had some last night. I know, I had some last night and they were good. And I figured that that's what you were talking about the whole time was the fact that you were making tacos in the Inland Empire. And that's why it had become a a destination for taco situations. I'm serious. Which it was, it was phenomenal. My son had not, seven or eight or nine last night? I don't know, that's a lot. He, it was a lot. I'm concerned for him. He's growing. (laughs) I am, uh, um, yeah, I'm very invested in this. I'm making my own homemade tortillas from my own mix of uh, my and you own gave us a, you gave us a, a tortilla maker, a yeah, tortilla yeah. flattener. I, what is that called? Uh, it's a tortilla maker in your is language. Tor- That's what you can call it, yeah. What is it in your in your language? Tortillera. Oh, I like that more. But don't, don't try to say I'm it. I'm not going to try and say it. You've okay. mocked me enough. And... Okay, my, trip, I'm not, I don't do impressions. So. Back to your trip. The highlight was the the coast, Oregon coast. Always, dude. We went to the we went to the seal caves. Have you have you ever been to sea lion caves? Never heard of it. No. So so there's this place. Apparently, it's the largest. It's like the in North America, it's the largest sea cave in North America. And in the '60s, they created this like park. Is I'm not sure we can call it a park, but they they created this attraction where you can take an elevator down, you know, 120 feet and get into the sea cave. I learned a couple things. Number one, um, sea lions don't smell good <laughs> at all. Especially and in large numbers, right? <laughs> no, large numbers in an enclosed space. It was horrific from that point of view. But no, it was cool, man. It was, it was, they scream. That's the second thing I learned is they yell a lot. They're not a happy, their language is not happy. It's, it's angry and, and it's just, it just sounds like really angry elephants. That's all it sounds like. But, but no, it was pretty cool. So it was 14 bucks a person, but it was worth it. Um, that, so that was kind of cool. I don't know if that was the highlight. The highlight was just sunset, sunset at Haystack Rock and Cannon Beach. I mean, you can't do it. And I got to hang out with Patty, our pastor from- Yeah, say um, something about that, yeah. Yeah, I got to hang out with Patty and his wife and his daughter and her friend because um, his son is up at camp. And we got, to, we got to chill and hang out with them for a few days, doing a little bit of a strategic planning retreat um, while we were up there for Portland. So we're excited for that campus and what Patty's doing. That guy has literally gone and personally visited like 150 people in the last month. Wow. Just, just because they can't meet. So he's going to make sure he's doing that pastoral work. What a phenomenal guy. Wow. Wow. I love it, man. I love it. When I, what's the future for PDX, Crosswalk PDX? Um, you know, as things open up, we'll find a time when we, when we have a gathering. Until then, it's leadership, it's organization, it's small groups. Those things are all happening, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And Patty doing the, the groundwork. So, um, you know, Portland, Portland is a little bit of a crazy place. Um, that's mm. it's you know it's protest central always kind of has been but there's been a lot going on in that city so um so you know we'll see we'll see how things go as well as you know with the covid situation because mm. you never know every day is a new adventure for us now isn't it it has been every day hasn't it every day is yeah wow yeah. we're we're number one we're <laughs> <laughs> breaking records every day uh, that's too bad yeah Hey, uh, before we get to preaching, which is the topic for today, along yeah. with, we hope to be several episodes. Yeah, it'll be the topic for a while here. Yes. Um, it is all going to be binge worthy. Uh, what are you drinking? Um, I almost picked up, I almost picked up our, uh, 
our hand sanitizer. Uh, hand sanitizer. That's not what I'm drinking. Uh, what I'm drinking today is what you gave me last night. We have been restocked with oh. Fowler's um, with, covert with, with covert coffee. We've been restocked. So I had some of that this morning. Some disinformation this morning because we're going to do a podcast and give much disinformation. This is awesome. This yeah. Is no. Awesome. So he swung. He swung through town and dropped off some some poundage, and I stole it from you last night. So. Yeah, he swung by my house and dropped off lots of poundage, um, including, this is, by the way, not shameless promotion. I'm just saying that I'm speaking the truth now because I have no reason, except for he's a very good friend and I want him to succeed. Um, got lots of reasons to lie, but <laughs> go ahead. Because, you know, I don't know if I've made this uh, public. Have I made this public, the fact that I'm off caffeine? Yeah, I think we've talked about that. It's okay, been a while. Good. So I'm in my, uh, I think almost two and a half months now into my wow. caffeine-free uh, caffeine life. For Brilliant. now, I'm not saying I'm, not saying I'm gonna stay in this caffeine-free life. And I have missed coffee so, so <laughs> much that um, Brian went and researched um, the best possible um, decaffeinated versions of, of roasts. And he brought me what he considers to be the best. And I'm telling you right now, his exfiltration decaf coffee will blow your mind. It's amazing. We had a, you made it for me last night with a pour over V60 situation, and it was incredible. It really was. Yeah, I have to say. So, I, and so, I'm not a I'm not a decaf guy, but because um, I normally you know the the roasts are just not up to snuff, but that one absolutely was. And Sam, in two and a half months, you went from you went from looking you know through the camera that I look at you, you through. <laughs> you went from looking like like you lived in a hovel and you had, you know, barely spotty internet coming through some satellite at your neighbor's house to, to the brilliance that is now your home studio. That's one of the reasons why Brian and Amy and his wife came through is to set up your studio. And you look, you look fabulous. You look amazing. In fact, I'm actually thinking that what we should do is we should start posting these, not just um, like we should YouTube them as well, because the, the look that you have now, I look like, I'm living in a tunnel or a well, hole somewhere. Welcome to what I live uh, with for the last two and a half months. You know what's really wonderful is to hear you heap compliments compliments upon me now after the insults that you, I mean, how many times did you talk about my sheet? You and your staff, by the way, let's be clear. Yeah, but your uh, sheet also, was weird. Some that was a weird situation. When you, when you released uh, <laughs> clips of us talking um, it was weird. I, I got all kinds of what's Sam hiding behind the sheet yeah, comments. The studio, and, your studio situation was bad. That's why you had to bring in a professional. That's why. Because <laughs> everyone everyone around you knows like he's not going to be able to do this. So they brought in a professional and, and they did an amazing job. And if you see this, yeah, if you yeah, see this, you'll see, you, you'll, you'll see a color theme that works its mm. way through, which is brilliant. It was coordinated with, to match my skin tone. Apparently, I think Green. people are gonna die. I guarantee you, people hearing this are gonna really want to see it in person. So, or yeah. they're gonna want to see the video. So, yeah, when you see it, dear listener, I just want you to know I had nothing to do with this. I simply was told <laughs> sit here and look this way, and someone arranged my background. It looks amazing. What we are gonna have to do is we're gonna have to get rid of that yellow sticker um, that is that is oh. on your microphone. Oh, true. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, but we can get that later. 
Let's do that later. No, yeah, yeah don't worry about it now. Anyway, that's. <clears throat> Shall we? Anyway, get Sam, to... let's get to the the topic du jour, as they say. No one says that. Let's do it. Tim preaching. Let's do an introductory introductory comments about preaching. Why are we talking about this? Why do you think it's important that we discuss it? Because I think I think in in I think the pulpit is the the driver of the community. Whether it should be or whether whether or not it should be, that that's probably a very different conversation. But I think, at least from our faith tradition, um, the the driver for the momentum in a community comes from the pulpit. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is the craft that um, every pastor or lay pastor or even um, anyone who, who anyone who has the privilege of being handed a pulpit or a microphone, this is the craft we've got to take the most seriously. This is the, the as you say, the community depends on this. And um, for some reason, um, people ask us all the time to talk about this. I know why they ask you. You're, <laughs> you know, um, you are my favorite preacher. Um, uh. You are who we listen to in my my household every week now, and um, I think that what God has given you is a skill and a and a and um, the diligence with which you approach the craft. Um, I think it's important that people know how you how you preach and how you prepare and the philosophy behind it. So, well, this, just to it. be clear, this is not a conversation, a one sided conversation with you interviewing me. That would be ridiculous because, as I've said many a time. Boy, this is so. There's so much, so much love passing through. You're, you're probably the. I would say you're one of the greatest preachers, if not the greatest preacher of my particular generation. I know I'm younger than you, but I think we fit into the, the same category a bit. Um, and I say that I don't say that like just to pump you up. Like people love listening to you. I really enjoy. You've always been a phenomenal preacher. So this is this is dialogical in it is in its experience here. You're not just asking me questions because that because Very people well. would be mad. People would be mad. People would be like, "Well, Sam preaches." Very well. Um, thank you for the heap, heaping of the compliments this morning. You 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 woke up in a very affirming. You woke up on the affirming side of the bed today. Oh, I like it. I like it, Tim. Uh, you know, Stay this I don't way. do it. I don't do it all the time. <laughs> but you gave me a lot of really great coffee last night. So, <laughs> and tacos. Um, um, so, but here's the question. Here, here's a question. Maybe we can ask a philosophical question first. Should should preaching be that important? Let's begin with Let's begin with the philosophy. Yes. Yeah. Should it be important? Should, should it be that important to the community? And why do you think it is, Sam? That's my question. You you. You should answer that question first while I formulate my answer. <laughs> All right. So, so should the main function of a pastor be preaching? Maybe we'll ask it in a, in a personal kind of way, right? Should that be the thing that you spend the most time on each week? Which COVID has created a really interesting, a really interesting, like as, as put some layers to that question. Because I, I've worked with pastors who are solid 30-hour a week, you know, um, preparers. They will work for 30 hours a week to prepare a sermon. And um, the diligence in which they put into their preparation and their thought process and the delivery, the execution is, you know, it's breathtaking. Um, I've also worked with pastors who, you know, spend 
two hours. And preaching may not be their thing, but they're phenomenally gifted at other things that really build up the kingdom of God and the community of God. Um, I've been blessed by and large to work. I shouldn't say by and large, always to work on multiple staff church churches until I got here. Actually, I was the only pastor when I got to crosswalk, you know, five pastors, but, um, but, um, when, when your whole job is the whole church, like everything, you can't specialize preaching sometimes takes a second piece, but it seems like the churches that grow usually have pretty decent communicators in the pulpit. Yeah. Is that true? It is true. I mean, that's kind of anecdotal, but. No, it's true. I had, um, an old preacher when I was beginning in ministry, um, I would ask questions of, of, of preachers who I thought had a, the skill and competency that I wanted in the pulpit. And, um, I asked one preacher, um, who I had a lot of respect for, Hey, can you tell me what things I should really focus on? He said, you can mess anything up about (laughs) pastoring a church. You can be the worst possible visitor. You can be terrible at the, at the administration side of it. You can be terrible at even, even Bible study or all the, all of the things that a pastor does, you can be horrible. But if you master preaching, if you can do, if you can, if you can do that well, everything else will be forgiven. Forgiven. <laughs> this is the one thing that you must do well, and then yeah. get good at the other things. Uh, I, if you have to. Yeah, I've given advice much like that, with not those same words, to young pastors, who, you know, you uh, preaching preaching is preaching is highly valued in the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Um, being able to communicate well, partly because I don't think a lot of people understand what pastors do most of the week. Yeah. And on Saturday, that's FaceTime, right? That's the time where people see you and they want to see kind of the culmination of what the week has been, if you will, because they've been working at their jobs and they want to know that you've put in some time and you've done some actual work as well. I think 30, 30 hour prep. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Some of our closest brothers do 30-hour preps. That's a lot. I mean, I, I, it takes me a long time too, but 30 hours is, 30 hours for a 25 minutes. Well, maybe that, maybe they're preaching an hour, hour and a half long, uh, which is, by the way, I think too That's much. too long. Too long. I'm with you. you say that? And, yeah. And, uh, what do you in, think? In, in, well, I mean, I think we probably need to be culturally sensitive. There are That's certain, yeah. there are certain traditions that, that you like that. That's that's but, true. I, I bring agree. snacks. Bring snacks. <laughs> um, but I think the cultural traditions you're talking about, um, there is the there's a different kind of preaching that yeah. involves the audience and takes takes longer to you know uh, to yeah. work through the text and um, agreed. Um, but uh, I've I've been sent links to sermons that are an hour and a half long that I just I don't think I can um, I, I, don't, well, I don't think I could ever preach that long. I did have a we did have a seminary professor member who would say to us um, when you when you're a sermon is like a flight when you reach the destination don't circle the airport right or, uh, <laughs> uh, land the plane. I want to push back on you. I once heard you preach for an hour and fifteen minutes. That's not true. That cannot. No, let me possible. tell you. Let, let me give you the. Let me give you the situation. So it was up at Bible Camp. This is probably in the mid early two thousands. Um, they had brought you in. You were you were 
brilliant. And you said, when I get to this piece, because I was doing music, when I get to this piece, this illustration, I want you to come up and start playing guitar behind me because we're going to end it really nicely. You're going to make a call or something. And so I'm, I was listening very carefully. And about 25 minutes in, you started your illustration. I walk up on stage. I pick up the guitar. I start doodling, noodling, making, making the, you know, the, the dulcet tones to, to bring people, to bring the, the plane home. And then you went on for another 45 minutes or so. No, no. I remember because I was standing there doing it and then I sat down, continued to do it. And then I just stopped playing because it didn't look like you were okay. ever going to land the plane. And it was brilliant. Don't get me. I'm not complaining. I hope you know I'm not complaining. No, you I were talking about what heaven was going to be like. And it was some of the funniest stuff I've ever done. But when I'm trying to set a mood and you're making people laugh, it really was inappropriate to have me come up that early. And that's why I know it was that long, just to be clear. Because I sat there the whole time staring at the audience who kept looking at me like, what are you, why did you get up on the stage? And I'm like, I don't know. He told me, but I look like I'm just an interloper now to Sam's brilliant, brilliant exercise okay. in, in homiletic strength. I, I can explain this. First of all, those, I just want to say that those, <laughs> that those um, Bible camps, you're talking about a Bible camp. Yeah, up in the mountains here, where are some of the uh, when I rank the places I've preached around the world, that's the top. Yeah, that one's uh, high. It, yeah. It's just an amazing atmosphere, and I think what you're describing is the very last session. Yeah, uh, and th there's no you can't. You, I'm talking about every week preaching pulpit church week by week habit. That's like retreat with 500 <laughs> high school students yeah. that are making decisions for Jesus at that moment. Um, you're Just, calling them to commitment. Right. The, the whole weekend has been building to this moment. I, I excuse that could be a five hour sermon. That could be. <laughs> yeah, uh, but don't ask the musician to come up 25 <laughs> minutes in. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> no, I hear you. I hear you. it's a little bit of a different format. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, 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 it, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, that, that 30 hour prep, um, you know, there are some preachers, there are some preachers who, there are some preachers who are so good at their craft, it literally doesn't matter who's in the room. They yeah. will spend enough time and create exactly what they want to create. For them, it's, a, it's an oratorical exercise. And there could be yeah. three people in the room. They could be 300. They could be 3,000. They're going to do their craft the way that they do their craft. And it's about the, it's about the, the execution of, uh, of an orat oratorical skill. Yes. Right. And, and of course, with, with, you know, the desire that people would meet Jesus through it. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that by any no, means, of course. but for some people, for some preachers, I think it is, I want to, I, this is a little bit more about me and what I can do and what God has gifted me to do to communicate these ideas. And then there are other preachers who um, are a little more dialogical and may yeah. not be like full on memorized manuscript kind of situations and can kind of roll. Like the differences between like, is somebody, is somebody playing classical music, you know, a Rachmaninoff piece that has to be played exactly correctly or it doesn't really come together. It sounds like a little bit of nonsense. Or is it somebody who's playing jazz, who's kind of zippity wap up and can be a little more in the moment. Right. Yeah. Both of which are both of which are incredible skills. They they are incredible skills. And man, you're you're going straight to you're going straight to what I was hoping would be the end, the last episode, which I think we it oh, should be. Then, then uh, let's because not talk there's about a difference that. between um, we, we, we got, let's, let's backtrack. 
Um, <laughs> there's a difference between um, what you're describing as a uh, homiletic, the homiletic skill is a recitation of something you've prepared. Right. And then there's the, the preachers who are keenly aware of the different audience they're in front of and how, it's, how the audience is responding and how they're adapting to that. Right. Um, and I think those are two very different skills. Right. And um, the, let's, let's talk about that further down. Cause we're still kind of on the, on the, okay. the philosophical underpinnings of this thing that we do, right. This thing that we stand up and, um, have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about the arrogance that it takes to think that you should be the person standing up and doing that? Oh yeah. Oh, I've, okay. So, <laughs> so you and I have completely different ways to process this, I think. <laughs> and I've always here's a, here's the thing that I've always admired about you. Um, you you preach to me. It looks like recreationally. Like to, <laughs> did your your level of confidence um, as you approach uh, the pulpit. Um, by the way, when we say pulpit, if people don't have any idea what we mean by pulpit, because there's no pulpit across. Like I get that. There's no. This is the old timey way of saying the place, the the office of preaching, like the right. place where you preach from. This is a, the platform, um, the, the platform, the, yes. the stage, whatever. Yes. Um, I, I have incredible anxiety, trepidation. Um, this is real, by the way. I, and I've spoken about this publicly before, so I don't think it's, it's a real. No, it's uh, real. I'll affirm that. You're so, no so for, fun. So when you say the arrogant, yeah, absolutely. I, You're I no feel, fun before a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. I hate well, hanging out with you before you preach. Let, let's, okay, let's. So we probably should talk about this for a minute. <laughs> um, you, yeah, there. I have admiration for people who um, don't seemingly have any kind of the anxieties that I go through about this. Um, and for me, look, I think that there's, it's rooted in several things. And I've explored this many times, not just on my own, but with, you know, some professional help. <laughs> I think it's rooted in my, part of it is in my, in my, you know, I'm still, I consider myself ESL, even though you make fun of me about this, <laughs> like not really having a, a real confident grasp of the language um, from, from early on, you know, that's still, that's still in there swirling around in my head. Um, I have always had this fear that I'm not theologically, like, I, I, I want to be theologically sound. And if I don't have a complete grasp of what I'm explaining, um, I, have, I have a fear that I may mislead people. Right? Mm. Um, and I, I have a stage fright. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> That's, you this, know, it's so crazy because when people watch you preach, it, it is so natural. It looks, like, it looks like you just walked up and were like, hey, everybody, like you're just ready to go. So I think for people to hear this, especially probably young preachers who admire what you do, I, I think they would be shocked at that level well, of anxiety. So we're going to turn to you in a moment, but here's, let me, let me just open up a little bit more since this will be, I hope, helpful to people who are listening or young preachers or whoever. Um, one of the greatest miracles in my life is exactly what you've described. Um, that I am, I have been able to walk up front onto a platform and make sense, or maybe I haven't made sense. Who knows? But <laughs> you have. that anyone that I have said has been a blessing to anyone over the, the last twenty-five years of preaching, 
is is the miracle in my in my ministry because um yeah this is a thorn i've asked god to take from me over and over again and over and over again and i think that i'm comfortable i've grown comfortable with this response from god now i've gone comfortable with god saying no um this is this is how you will know that this thing i'm calling you to is way bigger than you and you'll always need to depend on me to accomplish it. Oh, that's good. And brother, I'll tell you, you know, I had a, I had a, a friend who flies uh, for Southwest as a pilot. Him and I were talking about this, about when we're the most stressed in our work. And I asked him, are you ever stressed when you're flying? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm stressed. He said, you need me to be keyed up is how he put it. I'm not, I don't have like <laughs> levels of anxiety like yours. He said, you need me to be keyed up when I'm landing this 737. You want me to be at my senses to be heightened. You want my adrenaline to be pumping a little because 150 people's lives depend on me being sharp at that moment. Mm. And, and he just said, it was such a blessing to me. He said, Sam, maybe this is the, what's going on with you. Maybe what ha- is happening in you and your body, your mind, and your soul is that God needs you to be your senses, your mind, everything to be so sharp and so focused because people's lives depend on what you're about to say. Mm. So I, you know, I've, I've, this is how I've, I've dealt with my preaching anxiety. I, I surrender it to God and I just accepted, Hey, I'm never going to be quite comfortable with this. One last thing about this, I'll tell you, because I had a conversation just this week with somebody who was asking me about this. Um, uh, I have, I have routines before I mm-hmm. speak and maybe, maybe um, on, on one of our episodes on this, we can, go through our personal routines, right? I think it's important that we do that, that people know what we do. But yeah, I have routines that help me, um, they help me deal with the hours before a sermon. Really? Yeah. I I can't see you anymore, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm, I'm having a new camera set up and I I love it, but I don't have the right battery situation. So I'm going to plug something else in here, which... For those of you who are listening, this is going to be uh, Tim, this may be a good time to pause because we're um, at about the mark, the time mark we said we would pause at. Okay, so, all right. So, hey, this is Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim. I'm going to work on some technical difficulties and then we're going to come back. And Sam, when we come back, um, when we come back, where do we want to go? Yeah, well, maybe we should wrap up. We should do some takeaways. Um, yeah, from from this session, right? We should do. Yes. Um, I think we I think we've highlighted that the importance of. Um, I think our philosophical approach to preaching is um, that this is a um, a craft. It, it's a it's something that we've got to devote. You know, I was thinking the other day about how good how good some athletes or artists are uh, at what they do, and how they don't arrive at that haphazardly or overnight. Um, they have worked so hard at, at, at that jump shot. You know, it's a lifetime of that. Um, I've, you know, how um, we admire the few seconds that we get to see, but a lot, how that's taken a lifetime of prep. Yeah, uh, to arrive at that moment, and how I don't think some people realize that preaching is the same. That what you're listening to a person, 
when you listen to a person that inspires you, they have often they have you're you're admiring and you're being moved or inspired by a craft that's been uh, honed prayerfully over the course of hours, as you said, sometimes thirty hours for you to listen to a to a well crafted twenty minutes mm. um, of a, of a homiletic. So. Um, I think that's what I would, I would take away from this is that it takes prep. It takes yeah. time. And maybe our next episode needs to be about prep. Yeah. I think we should, uh, we should step into that. I mean, we're still kind of talking about the philosophy of it and, and kind of how it makes us feel personally and that sort of thing. So, um, we'll take a little break and then we'll come back. We may release these two at a time, but maybe you'll have to wait for a few days to get the next wait a one. week. A week. No, we're trying to do month. two a week. We're trying to do two a week, but we haven't been very good at that. Um, Again, we're trying to become professionals, um, but not really a podcasting. That's just a weird extra hobby for us. We're never going to get sponsors that way. Uh, we haven't gotten any yet. So <laughs> batting a thousand. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Tim and Sam. Sam and Tim, thanks for being with us. We're talking about preaching. We're going to hang on this topic for a while. And there's a bunny rabbit right outside my window. That's very cute. All right. We'll see you guys later.